You're listening to Better Than Yesterday, a podcast that will inspire the chase to your best self. My name is Angelo Kelly, and I'm a creator who escaped the traditional nine to five. On the show, you'll hear conversations with elite athletes, mindset coaches, and everyday people who talk about their personal journey to a life of passion. I appreciate you guys being here. Now let's get rolling. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode. Happy Monday. I hope you had an awesome weekend. My guest this week is Michael Rosenberg. I first came across him a few weeks ago on Instagram, and he just had a really cool story that I wanted to get out there. Uh, Last year, he was working at an ad agency, ended up working himself into burnout. He had a bunch of different health issues that we'll cover on the show. I think we can all relate to his story in a way where we're in a situation that we know we're not supposed to be in, but we're not sure quite how to get out. So Mike shares his story, how he got himself out of that health crisis, and what he's done to overcome all the damage that was done at that company. So let's kick it over to the interview now. All right, we are live this week on the podcast. I have a friend from California, Michael Rosenberg. Thanks for joining me today, Mike. I'm so glad to be here, Angelo. Yeah, it's cool, man. Like Instagram, it's uh, it's crazy. Like I wouldn't have ever came across you if it wasn't for Instagram. That's right. That's the power of the internet. That's why I love it. Met so many amazing people from all over the world from it. So, yeah, me too. As I'm doing this podcast, it's just uh, it's almost weird, like getting to connect to people. And even though it's over Zoom, I'm still you know getting to look into your eyes. Not making that weird, but I get to look yeah. at you, have a conversation. So I just appreciate you being here, and uh, I'm excited for this, man. Wow, thank you, man. I'm, I'm excited too. Decided to share all my stories and talk about how to get better every single day, step by step. Good, man. So, so let's just start at the beginning. What's, uh, what's your background? Uh, how did you get to where you are now? Yeah, so I was born in New York on Long Island. And then I grew, I mean, I grew up there, was there until I turned 18. And then I went to school in upstate New York. And I actually went to school originally for music education because what I really wanted to do when I was like 16, 17 in high school, we had like this improv club and I loved Whose Lines It Anyway. And I had this like vision for myself that I would like move to California and become like an improv comedian. And then my mom was like, that sounds great. You should get a a fallback, like a fallback degree, you know, you should get an education degree that way, you know, you can always teach. And I being much younger than I am now, I was like, okay, fine. Like, sure. And so I really didn't know what I wanted to do or like what degree I wanted to get. Um, But I did like music a lot. and I was going at that. So I was like, yeah, I'll like become a music teacher, you know, music education. That sounds right. So I went to school, uh, started getting that degree, and my main instrument was percussion and drums. And started getting that degree, and as I, I was probably about, I want to say probably like two years into the degree, and I just started to get this feeling like I really didn't want to become a music educator 
like long-term. Um, like I was like, I'm not going to end up being in music ed. Like I just don't have any desire to be in the public school system because I have I have a whole bunch of qualms with it. Um, but then I, so I ended up switching majors to musical studies, so music theory and history and like a minor in music business. And then at some point along the lines, like almost when I was about to graduate, I was like, you know what? I do want my music ed degree. Like I want to teach people, right? Cause I did have this desire to teach and like to like work with people. Um, and then I basically like took on an extra year of college to add in a couple additional credits to get the rest of the education degree. Um, and then honestly, by the time the end of that year, basically it would have taken me like another year on top of that to get, to actually get the education degree, even though I did not want to teach again, it was like, I thought I was like, I want to do it again. And then I was like, no, I actually don't. So anyway, decided that I would not get the degree. I got the other, you know, finished the other degree, graduated. Then that's when the real exciting part happened because I am not using my degree at all. Like I literally have not used my degree except for enjoyment that I still love to play music. So then I worked as like a counselor to teach counselors how to counsel at a summer camp for a summer. And then I worked, I did like the Disney college program. So I worked at Disney world for, um, I guess like six months, but be, like, cause you can basically do it after you graduate. Um, and so that was super, that was a really cool experience um, to be in just like, what's the word I'm looking for? like of how Disney crafts an experience. Have you ever been to Disney World, Angelo? Yeah, that's the one in Florida, right? That's the one in Florida, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've been there. It's, okay, been, yeah. a, it's been a long time though. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Um, but like when you're there as a guest, like you're really enthralled with the like experience. Like when you step into Disney World, it's like a new, it's a world, right? And so being like behind the scenes and kind of seeing like how that operates and how that actually comes to be was really awesome for me personally. Um, after that, I went home and I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I was living with my parents. It was awesome. Love them. They're so great. <laughs> and then I basically, I started working for, I, I couldn't find like a job that I really liked because I was like, these are all so boring. Like I don't want to really be doing retail and I ended up working at an escape room um, as like a game operator initially. And I was basically like in the rooms, like running these rooms. Um, and so it was like very much in that like entertainment customer experience space. And then basically when I first got there, the turnover rate, that the company had was like, I mean, like it was ridiculous. It was like 70% turnover rate of employees. Like employees would come for like a month and then they would leave. And so just the way that my mind's always worked, I've always been really good at creating processes and like systems. And so, um, you know, I had to talk with the manager and the owners. And I was like, let me just like create like a training procedure so that, cause what, what was happening was basically, people come on, but all of the training was like by osmosis. So it was like word of mouth training. And so no one fully knew what to do. 
and people could just get frustrated. Like they would come in for a month and they would still not feel fully trained and like it would just kind of fall off. You know what I mean? And so uh, ended up putting together like a 50 page like training manual and just like a, a checklist and a process by which people get trained at the escape room and they're still using it now. Like I guess three, three or so years later. Um, then that's when it hit. Okay. So all that backstory, forget all that. Now that's in the past. This is when the real magic happened is I was sitting at home. I don't know what I was looking at on YouTube, but all of a sudden I got shown an ad by this guy, Kale Kanai. He's Hawaiian, but he lives in Las Vegas. And it was like a video of him like walking through his mansion and he wanted to, you know, he was like, I can show you how you could make money online and live in a mansion like me. And I was like, that sounds cool. Like I'm interested. Okay. I'll listen to what you have to say. And, you know, I ended up watching a, a webinar basically and there was like a, it was like a $99 program. That was like their like starter program. And I remember I thought about it for like a week and a half, like two weeks. Cause at that point I had like, you know, I had a hundred dollars in my bank account. So I was like, is this what I want to do? And, you know, I was talking to my dad. I was like, like, sounds really good, dad. Like, you know, I can make my money back, you know, within the first month, you know, when I invest in this, in this program. And so I invested in the program. Greatest decision I ever made because it really just like opened up the doors of this whole like internet experience and like digital marketing. But I didn't end up making money until like a year later. Like I didn't make any money online until like a year later. And I ended up buying, you know, several different courses, you know, something for e-commerce and then another one for email marketing and then another one for a different kind of email marketing and like social media, Facebook ads. I, I purchased all the courses, Angelo. I mean, literally all the courses. And, but then like, I remember it distinctively. I had gone to the city, like New York city with my mom for, for some reason. But at this point I was doing e-commerce and um, you know, I was running ads through Facebook and you know, I didn't have a huge budget, even though I, I, you know, at point I had a job, but I, I was still just trying to make this work on the side. And I remember we were getting back onto the train and like, I don't know if you're familiar with Shopify, Angelo at yeah. all. Yep. Okay, cool. So, um, I had a Shopify store and when, when you get a sale on Shopify, it has like a, like a cha-ching sound and like, it comes up with a notification, like new sale on your phone. I remember we're getting onto the train and I had been like waiting all day. Cause you just like, you set the ads up and you're just kind of like, okay, like we got to see what happens. And I hadn't made a sale before. I had tried different ads. I'd already spent money trying to get sales. But that particular day at that moment, I heard that cha-ching on my phone and I looked down, it was like new sale for $12 and 99 cents. And I was like, heck, Yes, I did it. I made money on the internet. I never met this person and they purchased something from me. And it, it was like, after that happened, um, 
I just like, I couldn't get enough. Right. And so I just continued to try and get more sales there. But then also I was doing, um, I was trying to, I was doing Facebook ads for this music school that I was working at at the time as well. Like I was teaching, I was teaching music part-time. And so I was like, let me run some ads for you. And she was like, Oh, okay. Okay. That sounds good. Um, that was all dud. That didn't work out too well. Um, cause I didn't know what I was doing pretty much. I was just learning. And anyway, kept working at it, kept working at it, took on another client, uh, that was a chiropractor, got them some results. And then, um, I ended up hiring this mentor, like a coach for digital marketing. And at the time, um, I had, I had Angelo, when I tell you I've signed up for a lot of programs, man, I have signed up for a lot of programs. So I signed up for, uh, this guy, Billy Jean is marketing's program, more money than I'd ever invested into a program. And then like a month later, I invested into a one-on-one coach, but because I invested into the Billy Jean school of genius, I had like a free ticket to an event that was happening in San Diego. So I was coming to San Diego and I had just linked up. I just signed up with this other coach who happened to be in San Diego. And basically I was here a day early from the event because I was still like relatively broke at the time. So I was trying to save money wherever I could. So I came a day early because it was cheaper flights. And I met up with that mentor. And what ended up happening is that I like, we just like hit it off. Like when we were actually like in person and over the next few months, like I did a couple freelance jobs for him. And then he, he was like, dude, you got to come out to San Diego and like work for the agency. And so I did. And then I moved out to San Diego like next day. And yeah. And then I worked at that agency for about nine to 10, 10 months, maybe. Um, and I, I got a lot of experience and that's also when I just like got totally derailed from like taking care of my body and my health and my mind. Um, it was a real, like, it was just a real hustle. Um, what's the word hustle culture. It was like, if you're not working seven days a week, 12 hours a day, then you're not working enough. And I was just, and I was like, okay. Cause I, I really like, you know, I trusted this mentor, right? Like he knew, he knew it was the way to be successful. Um, and, and in his own way he was, but in a lot of ways he wasn't. Um, and basically I just ended up burning myself out. And then there was some kind of like, I want to say shady, but just like, I would just say distasteful things that I didn't agree with, with how, how a couple other employees um, like exits from the company were handled and just like a number of things that I just started to kind of, you know, it's so interesting about people and mentors and, and people they trust is that if you, if you trust them and you look up to them uh, and when you're like practically living with them in a way, like you're with them all the time, um, you kind of don't realize potentially how I'll say, I'll say this, uh, number one, I'm sending all my love to, to him 
he honestly helped me so much and he helped a lot of people. Um, but also like there were a couple things that I just like was totally just like unaware of because I was so in it of like a little couple things that were like very manipulative that he was doing and just like some of the ways that he was acting. I didn't really ended, I ended up, I was like, I don't really like don't agree with this. And it was just, um, yeah. And, but at the same time, I was just getting burnt out, gained a bunch of weight, super depressed. Here, let me cut you off for a little bit. Cause I'm just, I'm just sharing everything, man. Dude, yeah, I definitely want to get to your story and everything like that. I have a few questions about, you know, just your background and everything. So the escape room, you yeah. just, were you getting paid to, um, to like do that proposal or you just had the idea that you're like, hey, I can do something better. Let's, uh, and you just give it to your manager. Is that something you just did on your own initiative? Yeah, so I, I was working there and I was getting paid uh, hourly. And then I think I was like, let me do this thing. Let me do this other thing. And I can't recall, but I think I was just like, like, give me like a bonus, give me a couple extra hours and I'll just do this other project as well. Like while I'm here. Right. And, um, cause I, well, cause I really liked the company. Like I liked working there and I liked the people that worked there that were there for a while. But what I just literally, we just had so much turnover and like people would just leave and like some people would leave for, you know, good reasons. Either they would get a better job or, you know, they had to go back to school. It's a lot of like, you know, similar to me, like just out of college or still in college people. But there was like just a lot of, there was just a lack of training. And I was like, I don't know. It's just, this is something that's always just come through me. I'm like, I've always, it's, and that's what I've been realizing more and more is I'm just really good at, like I'm able to see the system that needs to be created. And so like, even at, so that's what happened at the, um, the escape room. I was like, this is like a need, like we need to have this training system because like nobody knows how, like nobody knows how to do X, Y, Z, or like nobody knows how to set up the room the right way because no one's been trained and everyone's doing it slightly differently. And when that happens, the customer experience goes down because this person doesn't actually know all the puzzles. So they can't actually help the person, the people to solve the puzzles if they get stuck. And like when we have to turn the rooms around really quickly, you know, this person, you can't like, they can't reset that room because they were never trained on it. And it was like things like that. And so there was a lot of frustration almost and like resentment amongst the staff, I would say, because it's like this new person, they'd be there for two months, but they still wouldn't be able to run like one of the room, one of the three rooms that we had. And it was like, so it would limit basically like who would be able to do what tasks because no one had the same, no one was on the same level. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. And just the reason I asked that is because I've been stuck at jobs I hate. And I remember working at a corporate job. There was definitely things that I could help fix, but I just Mm -hmm. didn't give a shit. I was getting paid regardless. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, this could improve, but I didn't. It's just, I'm interested to find out like where that came from in you. Yeah. I think it's just because I was like bored in a way. Like I, I needed something to do. Like when I, 
so I, there was a small job that I had in between when I worked at Disney and when I worked at this escape room, I worked for one other place. It was a children's clothing store chain. I worked there for about two weeks, but the reason that I left is because every single day I would come home, I'd be having dinner with my parents and I would be just ranting and raving about all the, the systems that they were missing. I was like, they don't have this and they don't have this. And like the manager's so um, like, they're just wasting so much time. They had me go downstairs three different times for no reason. Like when I could have just gone down one time and we were always, the thing with that place is like literally the entire staff was leaving every single day. We're hourly workers. We were leaving like a half hour to an hour after when our shift was supposed to end, like paid, right? And so like, I was just thinking to myself and I, maybe this was just like always the entrepreneurial like spirit in me, but I was like, literally they're losing so much money because of their inefficiencies. It's like literally every single day when they have eight to 10 employees that stay over an extra hour, like every single month they were losing thousands of dollars because of the, those inefficiencies, because they didn't have the, the systems in place to close down the store by the right time. And so uh, when I got to the escape room, I think I like, I think I, it, it was better because at first, like I literally just had to show up and do the job that I was assigned to do. And I would leave on time and I would get there on time. And like, I was happy with that. And then I was like, Oh, like there are things that I can contribute here. And, and I was like, Hey, can I contribute these things? You know? And, um, and then also from that, like gave me opportunity for, for other, for other things. And like, they thought of me to do X, Y, Z. So like a couple months ago, um, when this COVID COVID all started happening, um, one of the owners actually reached out to me and asked me to help to like restructure their, like they were started doing virtual escape rooms. And so basically like, asked me to like put together a plan and like a structure for one of the games to run virtually because like he knows that's how I like think about things in just like a structured, a structured way. Um, so I'm not sure, I'm not sure how it really came up, but I was like, let me like do this thing. I think I probably was just too anxious. I was like, I gotta do something to make this better. And then like, it gave me a little bit of a pay raise, probably not too much if I, if I recall, but a little bit of a pay raise. And I like, you know, and now I can say that I literally put together the training manual for this, you know, for this um, small chain of escape rooms. And it's like, it, it, yeah. So, and then I ended up doing some of their Instagram posting. We got some influencers in to do some, you know, to do some stuff. And, you know, that was, that was cool too. But um, yeah, that, the just, I don't know. I just had something inside of me that I just, I love implementing systems. Same thing at the agency. So I was working at the agency. Um, I was actually hired as the marketing director, which I thought was a little strange at first, but Hey, like I, I mean, I think I did really well. So, um, but when I got there, when we'd have a new client, they would, it, it would take like two, I think I was telling you this the other day, it would take like two weeks it felt like before we actually had all of the pieces and information that we needed from the client to actually run their campaigns to actually do the marketing for them 
And I was like, this is super inefficient. Like, and also there were always pieces that were like being missed. And so what did I do? I created like a web page and a checklist and like literally um, like input forms where you can type, you know, you could type their information. It's like, okay, what is their, what's their Facebook URL? What's the, you know, what's their name? What's their email? What's their address? You know, have you given them access to this? Have you gotten access to this? And it was, you know, it was a process that took probably about 90 minutes, I would say tops. Sometimes you could do it in 45, but if there were ever any kind of technical issues, it would take longer, but like, you know, it saved me cause I was doing the marketing. So it would save me so much time because I don't have to chase down the client. I don't have to chase down, you know, the salesperson who enrolled the, enrolled the client to like hit up the client and get this piece of information and do this. And it was just like all of this wasted time just solved it with one, you know, checklist. Yeah, that's sweet, man. And the other thing I was thinking from from just your story, you know, I always saw the Ty Lopez ads on YouTube. Oh, yeah. And I always thought that guy, like, I'm like, who is this fucking clown? And it's just funny that like you saw that ad, not Ty Lopez, but a different person. You saw that mm-hmm. ad at the right time and were yeah. like, it actually inspired you to make a change. So I think for me, like I'm looking at those people and I'm like, I would never, you know, sign up for mm-hmm. this guy because I think he's selling something, but right. it actually and does. Is. <laughs> well, so this is the part that like, this is where there's delicate balance. Sorry, sorry to interrupt you, but no, you this is the part where there's like a delicate balance, right? Because the best companies that advertise on social media and the best companies that teach like beginner courses is like, if they're actually out to serve people, and make a difference. So there, there are companies that are scams. There are companies and products that don't work. And like the coaches in that program, they don't care about their students and that sucks. But there are a bunch of companies and a bunch of trainers and a bunch of coaches that are advertising and putting out those YouTube ads, putting out those social media ads that really like the reason why they're doing it is not just to make revenue. Sure. Cause that's how their business model works but it's also because they really want to serve people and help people to reach freedom and have, you know, have a lifestyle that they want to live and be happy and joyous and be able to provide for their family. And so I I think that that's like a piece of the coaching industry, especially like the online marketing industry that gets undersold a little bit like that. A lot of these coaches, a lot of these course creators, like they really care. Like they really, really, really care about their students. Um, obviously it doesn't work out for all of them. And like not everyone like takes the action that they need to, to make, make it happen. But for some it does. And for, I mean, for me, like I bought a ton of courses, but I wouldn't take any of them back because each one taught me something and I've taken action on it and, you know, and I've been able to live and, I'm not balling quite yet, but I'm doing okay. You know, I'm paying for my bills, paying for food, paying for rent. And, and I'm living in like a relatively, like a really blessed lifestyle. You know, I'm really blessed in so many ways, you know? So uh, yeah, that's my, that's my perspective on, on the ads for sure. I think that's the point though, is that you have to take action. Like you're not going to buy an online course and then just make sales. If you're not actually doing stuff yourself, 
So I'm the person who I can just kind of do it on my own. I don't need mm. to, to go to a course to, to figure out how to do something. Me personally, I'd rather like suck at it and then watch a bunch of YouTube videos and then be like, okay, now I'm a little bit better at it. But yeah. for, for certain people like yourself, it definitely benefited you, which I think is awesome. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think that you speak to something really important. It's like people have different learning styles. So like, if like, it sounds like, and this might be wrong, but like, you're like a tactile learner. Like you have to sit down and just like try and do it and like, just get your hands on it. Even if it's something at the computer, it's like, you need to physically do it in order for you to really internalize it and learn it for me personally. And I was talking with my friend about this the other day, um, because I went to school for music, like I learn so much better now through listening. And so if I can listen to something, then I can like pick it up. So I read, I, I listen to audiobooks on like 2x speed all the time because I can just like input that information as opposed to like me like reading it on a piece of paper. It's just like a much slower and I don't actually absorb it in the same way. Yeah. Yeah. I think for sure anybody who's, um, we all have different learning styles and yeah. like you see it now with, with schools, like mm -hmm. everyone, everyone learns different. So if you're not a good test taker, that doesn't mean you're stupid. And same yeah. thing you see oh. with people who are entrepreneurs, they do things different, but it's not wrong. And like, you're not, right. you're not lazy because you're doing something a certain way. Some people are super oh. efficient. Yeah. So. Like, yeah. I agree. And I have a mentor, um, this guy, Nate O'Brien. He's, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the two comma club award, but he's basically made like, he's made well millions of dollars, millions of dollars. Um, but it, like man has never read a book except for the Bible. And like, that's like, and he'll, he'll say it. And like, cause what he's really good at is just like, he just implements, he just takes action. So if somebody tells him something like an idea, he's just like, that's a great idea. And he just does it. And like, he hasn't read a book, like he, all the lessons he's learned it's from the Bible. That's what he says. And so, but he's had coaches and mentors and things like that too. But like, I don't think he has a lot of courses. Like I think he gets more information when he's like with a coach for an hour, three hours a day, you know, whatever that event is but then he just implements it. So everybody's, everybody's a little bit different, right? Yeah, for sure. So let's get back into your story. So you're working at this marketing agency. Uh, how long were you there? Um, I think full time I was there just about 10, uh, just about nine months actually. Yeah. And then when did you start seeing your health decline? When did you start seeing your relationships aren't good? Like what was that? Um, like? When I started to realize it was, I think it, the, the time that I remember that I'm like, that I was like something, the time that there was like something in my mind that was like, something doesn't feel quite right about this. Um, it was probably like, it must've been, I guess, five or six months in, it was Memorial day. Um, and I actually had like, gall stones or something, but they basically had to take my gallbladder out. And so I went to the emergency room and then they admitted me and I actually had like, I don't know if it, I guess you could call it emergency surgery because it was sudden, but um, I think I had surgery like that 
um, you know, I went there really early in the morning. So it was that same day that I had surgery. You know, I got there at like 3 a.m. in the morning to the ER and then they admitted me. And then by like, I think it was like 8 p.m. that night I had surgery and they removed my gallbladder. And then, you know, the next morning, um, next morning I was recovering. I was still in the hospital and my, my dad loved him to death. Um, he actually flew out to California to basically like help me adjust or like help me for the next couple of days. Um, but when he got, he got there like that night after I had had the surgery and the next morning, you know, he went to a hotel the next morning. I was like, Hey, can you stop by my apartment and grab my computer? I need to send some emails this morning. Like I need to get some emails sent out for like, uh, there was some training that we were having and like, I needed to send out like an email broadcast or something. And like, as I was sitting there in the bed, literally still like on medication, like pain from like having had surgery. And I was still like, I was at the computer in my hospital bed, sending out these emails. And I was like, that was like, I didn't realize it right that moment, but like, that's the moment that I think of when I'm like, there was something wrong with the culture. Like I didn't align with that culture that like it would be expected of me to like send out those emails that morning. Um, and yeah, so like, that's when I was like, that's when I started to think, I was like, this is not like good. And then that, that week, like I was working from home, but like, why was I working at all? Like I should have just been sleeping and watching Netflix. Like I should not have been doing anything for that whole week. But the, the problem was that there actually were not enough systems inside the business for me to not be working. Cause like things would fall apart. Um, and, uh, and, but that's when I was like, I, there's something wrong and at that point. Also like, I think a week or two before that, like I started like going to F45. I was trying to like get in shape because I realized that I had just like gained a ton of weight. I was just like really unhealthy. And then turns out I was really unhealthy. And then my, uh, so they ended up taking out my gallbladder and, you know, it took me, you know, I wasn't allowed to exercise for a couple of weeks. Um, but that's yeah. All around right then was when I was like, there's something not quite right. I'm like, this is not really probably the place for me. That's crazy that, that it got to that point, I guess when you, so you might've had some signs before that, that something wasn't right, but you probably ignore a little sign and then you ignore another little sign. And then it's like, Hey, you can't ignore this. You're in the fucking hospital. <laughs> like, yeah. And then still you're working, like still you're trying to, to get after it. Yeah it was crazy. And then, so that was like the first sign to, to myself. And then the next couple signs had to do with my, um, some of my coworkers, um, just, they basically like they left. And then there was this whole thing that like, so they left cause they basically were being underpaid and overworked and, but they left like just a few. So this is getting into a little bit of minutia, but they, they left a few days before, um, before the end of the month. And the way that their pay schedule worked out is like they're being paid a base salary plus commission. Um, and the owner 
just would not pay them the prorated base for those like 10 days that they worked in that time period. And I was just like, just something about that really just bothered me really, really bothered me. Um, I was like, and then, yeah. And then I just started to see all the signs, you know, just like kind of, there's, there was writing on the wall and I was like, I got to get out here. And so I actually gave like a month. So I, me leaving was actually interesting. Um, I gave like a month's notice a few days before I actually was like terminated. Um, because I knew that if I had the reason why I didn't leave with my coworkers or like soon after that, I, I stayed there for about a month or two after they had left. The reason I didn't leave is because I knew that I was playing such an integral role, not just in the company, but just with all of the clients that were relying on us. Like I was doing all of the marketing and I was doing all of the fulfillment for our clients. And so, um, I, I had this like feeling like if I don't find a replacement for myself or if I don't, you know, basically pass off my responsibilities that if I just left abruptly, like all these clients would basically be in a bad place and they, they would basically get screwed over in a lot of ways. And so I gave my, I gave like a month notice cause I was like, we got to find a replacement for me. And a couple of days later, um, I, and I was going to this like marketing event and basically I got like an email. I was like, like, don't come back to the office, like terminated. And I was like, honestly, I was relieved because I was like, great. Like, I don't need to, I don't need to find, figure out any of these responsibilities. Like that's on you, man. And, um, but in the subsequent week or two, uh, literally exactly what I thought would happen happened. And I was just getting hit up on Facebook um, by our clients being like, Hey, like I can't access our leads. And I, you know, what happened? I can't get in contact with anyone over there. I tried reaching out to X, Y, Z person and they can't, uh, they can't, you know, I can't, can't contact with them. What's going on? And I was like, I'm sorry. Like I don't have any access to anything, but you know, I don't like, I couldn't, I couldn't help because I literally like was shit, you know, locked out. Um, but I'm glad that I left because the next couple months that happened just like absolutely turned my life around. Um, after I left, I was like really confused for a month or two. And I was, I had a really bad taste in my mouth about any kind of agency work. I was like, I don't want to work with client. Like I don't want to work with clients. I don't want to run ads. Like I don't want to do any of that stuff. Um, and I ended up going to this, you know, luckily I'm living in San Diego still. Um, and I, I went to this marketing, like this three day marketing conference in San Diego. And, uh, it was just a really impactful event. Shout out to tribe of buyers, check them out. Um, they, they had an event and, it was just really impactful. I met some just amazing people there and some of the speakers that, um, spoke, they just, you know, changed, shifted my mindset about just coaching and business and just life. And I actually ended up meeting this guy, Frank, who is a coach and he used to work with the, uh, military. He used to be like a, 
outside contractor to train the military or like high class military officer, something along those lines. Um, but you know, I, I struck up a conversation with him while I was there and he was like, yeah, like, well, like let's get on a call and like, see if, you know, I might be able to help you with your, you know, with your fitness. That's why I got on the call. Cause I was like, I got get my fitness in shape and ended up getting uh, three months of like one-on-one -on -one coaching with him of, it was kind of like a mixture of life and business coaching. Um, and that absolutely just transformed my life, man. I mean, that really just like having a really great mentor who just, it's like, um, strong, powerful, and also like very just receptive to listening and reflecting, like reflecting me back to myself. Um, you just helped me find my purpose, help me find that I'm just meant to bring joy into the world and, you know, help others to find joy in their own lives. And yeah. And so like after that, I mean, the rest is, uh, the rest is history. I mean, I started taking on some one-on-one -on -one coaching clients and then I ended up starting taking on a couple more. Um, like I, I ended up taking on some Facebook ads clients again. Um, but it's all just like from a very different perspective now. And also I just learned much more about systems. I was like, Oh, like this is my inherent ability. I should be doing more of this and like learn more about how to do it in different settings. And um, so, yeah, that's like my whole story. That's where we are right now in this very moment. So what changes have you made to your health and your routines to, to take that back? Yeah. So dude, the best. Uh, okay. So uh, sh another shout out to a great guy, Brad Newman. He used to work for um, Sam Ovens. It was one of the top sales guys for Sam Ovens um, and taught me a super valuable lesson. He said esteemable. Okay. Self-esteem comes from doing esteemable things. And number two, that, um, like you're just one promise away to yourself to having anything that you want in life. And so he was like, dude, this was at the event. I had somehow I ended up having like a one-on-one -on -one conversation with him. And he was like, dude, like when was the last, cause I was talking about all these things I wanted to do in my business and my life. And he was like, let me ask you a question. Like, what's your room look like? Is your bed made? Like, do you have food in your fridge? Like, is there, is there trash on the ground? Like what's your environment like? And I was like, no, my bed's not made and I don't have a lot of food in my fridge. And he's like, okay, well, like before you can get any of that other stuff handled, like do like make a promise to yourself. Like you're going to make your bed like every day or just tomorrow. He didn't even say every day. He was like, just make your bed tomorrow. Can you make that promise to yourself? Cause at that point, like I had like super low self-esteem, like, cause I was just kind of wrecked from working at that old agency and just like, I don't know, I was just lost. Right. And next morning made my bed and there was something magic in that moment of being able to, like, you really, you should learn how much control you have in your life when you just do those small things. And so I think I've made my bed every day since then. Um, that's definitely one thing. If you're not making your bed in the morning, you should do that. Um, 
another, I mean, I kind of, I cut a bunch of stuff out of my like eating routines. Um, I did a little bit of intermittent fasting, but not, not anything like religiously. Uh, but it was like a lot of like, I cut gluten for a while. Um, I was just eating a lot of protein vegetables and rice and yeah. And started taking like a multivitamin. That was super good. Those are some of like the, the health, the health things. It was like nothing crazy. It was just like, okay, don't have milkshakes every day. Like don't, don't eat burgers every other day and fries and, you know, have like California burrito or calzone, like cut those things out. Maybe every once, you know, three times out of the three, three days out of the month you can, but outside of that, like you shouldn't do that, you know? Um, then this month in the July, when we're recording this, um, I've been doing something called nightmare mode. Uh, if you ever heard of Alex Becker, he's another, uh, kind of internet marketing business entrepreneur guy on YouTube, but he like jokingly called it nightmare mode. Um, but it's basically no, no TV, no YouTube, no, uh, Netflix, like limited social media, um, like whatever you need for your business, but like, don't scroll all the time. Um, no porn, no fapping, um, like no excess sugar. Um, it's pretty much like a dopamine detox. Okay. And so I've been doing that this month, day 24. It's going really well. I mean, I think I've had just a lot of clarity and focus this month and just, uh, that's on the extreme end. If you want to kind of go all out, but, oh, and then meditating and journaling every day. That's what I started to do. So you like, you change your life. Like everything is kind of flipped upside down compared to what you used to be doing. Yeah. In a lot of ways, one, oh, 100%. And cause also like, I don't, I, I really try my hardest not to do work after a certain time. Like I work from, you know, 8am to like four or five. And then after that, like I can learn things. Like I'm allowed to watch like, like things that improve my life. Um, but I'm not, um, you know, I'm not allowed to like do more work. I'm not allowed to like, Oh, I got to make this funnel or I got to run this ad. Like I have to do it during the work day. Cause then otherwise like your job starts to own you, right? Like your business starts to own you. Yeah. And as you're talking, like for me, I think about routines and, and changes, I'm very black and white. Like I can change something. If there's something I don't like about my diet, I can change it pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. But doing something as simple as making your bed, as simple as we're going to add a vegetable at one meal, mm -hmm. just one meal, just add a vegetable. And those are the routines that change your life. Not oh yeah the, the point you're at now where you cut out a lot of different things is awesome. But some people... We just need that small thing. Yeah. Make your bed tomorrow. Just make your bed tomorrow. That's all you have to do. And then that adds up. So you make mm -hmm. your bed tomorrow and you're like, oh, that made me feel kind of good. So you make your bed the next day. And then yeah. you're like, after you make your bed, you're like, you know what? I think I'm going to have water first instead of coffee. And then you're like, mm -hmm. oh, I feel I have a little bit more energy. And then mm -hmm. those things just keep I, one of the books I read 
one of the, like the first books I read was the compound effect by Darren Hardy. Mm. And that yeah. was one of my favorite books because every decision compounds upon each other. And I think one of the things you said, you didn't say it directly, but how you do anything is how you do everything is my favorite quote. Oh yeah. And Great when you're, quote. when you're looking at your, your room, your room's messy, your fridge doesn't have enough food in it for the next day. Yeah. And then, you know, your life is not in order, but when you get those things in order, you start getting the other things. So I think mm -hmm. that's cool. Like, that's why I love doing this podcast is just extracting things from others. I get to, you know, I'll take something from your routine where, you know, you cut out sugar. Maybe I'll try that. Or one of my other guests stops watching TV after nine o'clock. So I try right. that. So this, like this whole thing for me is basically an experiment. So like hearing your story, it's awesome that, you know, it sucks that you had to experience it, but That's now, okay. now we all get to learn like, oh, at this point, this is where I need to say, this is not good for me anymore. And it took you going through a serious health crisis to understand that. But I guarantee you when that situation comes around again, you'll be able to notice it faster and be like, oh, I can't be in this situation anymore. And you'll remove yourself. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a great takeaway. And like, and I actually posted this on my Facebook yesterday, like a couple of days ago. It's like, it's not the new actions that you take that help you to move the needle or like progress in your life. It's the things that you do every day that help you too. So that's like the compound effect right there. Um, can I, can I give one like piece of, uh, for any of the listeners, can I give like one piece of advice about like forming habits? Yeah, for sure, man. Things like that. So great book, Ato uh, Atomic Habits is the name of the book. I'm just going to yes. share something from inside of there is like when you're making a new habit, if you want to go to the gym for an hour every day, like that's not actually the habit that you're making. It's that I want to put my, you, you have to, you have to shrink it down to the smallest step that you make habitual. So for me, like a couple of weeks ago, uh, or actually it was like two months ago, I was like, okay, I want to start doing kettlebell swings like every day. I want to start doing them. But I was like, how do I make this like the smallest habit possible? I was like, okay, I'm going to pick up the kettlebell at least once a day. And then once I picked it up, then I start doing the kettlebell swings. Like, I don't just, I like, for the most part, I don't just like pick it up and I and don't do any swings. <laughs> it's like, but it's like, okay, like that's the habit that I got to focus on. As long as I pick it up every single day, then more than likely I'll swing the kettle. I'll do the kettlebell swings. Or it's like, if I want to make my bed, like what's the smallest habit to actually do that? It's like, okay, immediately when I get out of bed, I'm just going to turn around. I'm going to grab the sheets with my hands. And like, maybe that's what it is. But anyway, so that's, uh, that's been like really helpful for me in forming certain habits. It's just like, how do I break it down to that smallest piece that I need to do to get things rolling? That's good. That kind of relates to my final question. So I've been uh, coming up with this to ask everybody so I can kind of compile this, you know, whenever whenever this process ends, I want to have like all these answers, but what's one message? Like what's one thing someone can put on a post-it note on their mirror 
that helps them every single day to become better than yesterday. And you kind of just hinted at it, but is there any other thing that you have a, just a small takeaway that's, that's actionable right now? Mm, small takeaway that's actual right now. I know it might sound cliched, but like really um, writing, writing down what you're grateful for every single day, like that's going to transform your life. Like if you take what, if you, you don't even need to write it down, but I think it's more powerful when you do. But if you take a single moment every day and you're, you're grateful for something, you say, I'm grateful for this. And it can be honestly, like some people are like, has to be really like an impactful, you have to be like, oh, I'm grateful for the world existing, you know, but it doesn't like, it could be like, I'm grateful to have toothpaste today. Like I'm grateful that like for, for me, like a, a lot recently, like I'm really grateful for my body, like that I have a body that I wake up, like I woke up this morning. Like I was like really grateful about it. Um, but like, it, like I said, like it can be some, it can be super, super simple, but that'll absolutely transform your life. Like practicing gratitude of like, I'm, I'm really grateful. I have a computer. Like it, it might seem silly for a moment, but like, cool. Be grateful for it. Like just be grateful for something that you have in your life. And, um, cause I think just like you were saying, like how you do anything is how you do everything. And if you, you have a piece of your day that you're grateful for, all of a sudden you start to become really grateful for everything. And, uh, that would be what I would want the listeners to, to take away. That's perfect, man. Yeah. That's something I started doing probably like two years ago. And I just, I was doing three things for a long time and now I'm doing five. And a lot of times I try to make them like really simple. Like I'm grateful for coffee in the morning. I'm grateful that I have ears that I can have a conversation and actually listen to people. So So I think any, yeah, anyone getting started, it's like you just, yeah. And just do one thing. Start with like, start those small habits. Just even say out loud one thing that you're grateful for today. Yeah. And then you start compounding that and it's like, Oh, I can do two things. I can do three things. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I think that that will change your life. Well, I just want to just give you a chance to direct people where they can go if they want to work with you, if they want to get better at the social media stuff uh, on the ads, stuff like that. So where can people find you? Yeah, people can find me. uh, If you go to, let me see here. If you go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash tribe of fun, you can join the join my Facebook community, talk about marketing, talk about mindset, talk about systems in there. So that's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash tribe of fun. Um, and you can also hit me up on, on Instagram at the quantum Michael or on Facebook on my personal page, just hit me up uh, facebook.com forward slash Michael dot Rosenberg dot seven. Um, that would probably be the best places. Cool, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thank you, Angelo. And that's a wrap for this week. Thank you so much to Mike for coming on the show. You can follow him on Instagram at TheQuantumMichael. I'll just spell that so get your pens out. It's at T-H-E, 
Q-U-A-N-T-U-M, Michael, at the Quantum Michael. And then you can also join his Facebook group, Tribe of Fun. Both of those will be linked in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening, guys. I really appreciate your support week in and week out. If you do want to support the podcast further, make sure to head over to iTunes, leave a five-star rating, leave a review. Both those things would help me out so much. It'll help me climb the rankings a little bit this week. And yeah, just make sure to follow the Instagram at Better Than Yesterday Pod. A lot of content going on over there. So stay up to date with episodes, with everything that's going on. And I will talk to you guys next week.